Nine cries for help, all coming from the same planet. Oh, another cheery one. Here we go. Who are you? Can't remember my name. Where is the object? I know that voice. Hello and welcome everyone to episode number 135 of Discussing Who. This is the podcast where we discuss anything and everything and all about Doctor Who. Now we want to make sure you get the very latest episode from us. And how can you do that? It's simple. Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. Hit that subscribe button and make sure you get the very latest episode. So... To start, let's just get right into it. This is the finale of Series 11 of Doctor Who. So let's make introductions and let's start out with Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Doing great, man. Doing great as we wind down this season as well as uh, the year. So, you know, happy to be on and uh, yeah, season's greetings to everybody. Absolutely. Season's greetings. We are recording this on the 11th of December 2018. In case you're listening to us, maybe in summer of 2020 or 3020 or whenever you might be listening to us. So cheers from 2018 and also cheers to Lee Shackelford. How are you? I am well. I am well and uh, hope everybody listening is the same. Well, kudos, kudos and glad to have you both on for another episode like i said our 135th episode and it doesn't seem possible no it doesn't but it's almost in march it will be three years that we've been doing this so time flies when you're having fun i suppose indeed but you know what there's some time that's not going to fly and that's going to be 2019 because we now know that series 12, so some news here, spoilers yeah. for news, but this is not necessarily spoilers because you're not going to see it. Everybody's going to know. 2020. 2020. No more Doctor Who except one episode now in January, on January the 1st. No new Doctor Who until 2020. Yeah. And, you know, when I saw that news, I had gathered that this next episode that we're going to get, the New Year's Day episode, is <laughs> it's the only one we're going to get. I was thinking we get one toward the end of next year. But, wow, that is, man, that's pretty rough. That's pretty rough, as witnessed by, uh, maybe not to uh, a bad extent, the, the latest season of Star Trek Discovery, but certainly Game of Thrones, where we had to wait a long time and still haven't gotten the next season. So, you know, I just don't understand why 10 episode blocks take so long, but they put a lot of production, a lot of love into these episodes. So, you know, uh, I don't know. I guess it's needed. What do you guys think? Curious. I don't think that's, I don't think that's why we're, we're having to wait a year for, to see new episodes. A year plus, I'm guessing, a year or more. Um, I, I don't. I don't think it's because it they take so long to produce. It's, has somebody said that from the BBC or? Well, interesting that you said that because I was reading oh. a post earlier this evening from our friend R. Allen Seiler from Hulanta. Yeah. And it looks like someone has now. This is from the Daily Mail, of course. So just you know. Oh, yeah. uh, just kind of keep that in mind. However, it does look like that the BBC has said that Doctor 
who is a uniquely complex filming or has uniquely complex filming requirements and a lengthy post-production period. Hmm. So that sounds like the CG is the issue. <laughs> How it, the computer it does, graphics. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and really, given some of the things that we've seen this year, I, I can I, I I understand. I see what they're talking about. Um, those things that we see on screen for two seconds, you know, they they take a long time to make. Yeah, and, and so, it could be. Yeah, and I wonder if it's not really the complexity, but as we look at television in 2018, you know, this is so prevalent on so many shows. So I wonder, is it just a constraint of resources of people who can actually do this well? You know, mm. Mm. possibly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, at I, the same time, there are now so many people who do it well. I, yeah, that's I don't true. know. But but you're right. You can't employ them all simultaneously. You, I mean, it'd be great if you could. <laughs> you know, I, you have to also think of we are looking at, you know, even with Game of Thrones, with their um, decision, I would call it, to hold these episodes for of Game of Thrones for so very long. They are a revenue generating, meaning everything you get is a pay-per-view channel. The BBC, and I'm not saying they don't have money, but they do rely on, you know, taxes from, you know, the people of the United Kingdom to pay for, you know, the British Broadcasting Company, not like all the commercials we have over here. Right. So, you know, you kind of have to factor that in. But my question then becomes, would I rather not have the big panoramic scenes and the brand new, you know, lens that makes everything so, and you know, whatever cinematographer Africa mm-hmm. or whatever, <laughs> or whatever the word is, yeah. you know, would, it's would, a bunch of words. Yeah, just a mumbo jumbo, but have better, you know, episodes or more episodes. Well, then, then you're making classic who, right? But is that, that's not a bad thing though, is it? No, it's not. No, it's not at all. It's just that uh, that's fine for me because I'm, you know, nearly 60 years old and I, I grew up with that. And so that still looks okay to me. But the, the scorn I hear for it uh, among the younger audiences and that's who, who didn't grow up with that and they expect everything to, to, to have a, an exquisite level of polish and these uh, rich production values or they get bored and they'll wander off. Mm. But, um, but yeah, the, the series as originally conceived, it was all about ideas and wit and character. And you just went into the studio and you shot it and you, <laughs> and so you had a new episode every few days hmm. for, you know, for a long, long time. And the next year you did it again, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I so I, I don't know what the, the whole year, taking the whole year off is about. So, so Clarence, let me ask you. You know, coming from someone who has been exposed to Doctor Who in the classic era, but really truly became a fan in the new era, would you rather have a decreased production or less, uh, whatever those words I was trying to use before, or would you rather wait to get this viewing experience? I don't know. I, I know we've talked many times about, you know, as long as the story is good. Uh, we are waiting with bated breath. So, so I have, I have to wonder, are the showrunners slash writers beginning to use the CG as a crutch, uh, crutch? And I say that where maybe my favorite episode of the season didn't have or could have possibly went without 
any or none or no CG, uh, which is Demons of the Punjab. Uh, so I don't know. Is it more cost effective for them to get in line with the big CG studios, whether whatever company it is, to get CG made rather than actually building a set, which could take longer? I don't know. Mm, good point. And one of the reasons I wanted to kind of highlight this back and forth between the three of us, one thing that I find as a central theme of all of our reviews over these last 10 episodes has been Lee's gravitating to these comments that we've seen on social media. And mostly it's been people saying, I don't like this. This is the end of the world, you know, horrible Doctor Who, et cetera, and so forth. Well, the same people that were horrible Doctor Who for Series 11 are also horrible that we're having to wait for 2020. So it kind of goes into the idea of something we've also talked about during these discussions, which is some people just complain just for the sake of <laughs> complaining. Yes. Because if it was that bad in 2018, why are you complaining that you're having to wait for 2020? Also true. Yeah. So, but yes, we're waiting. So that's that's one of my news items. The other news item is something that we mentioned on the previous episode, which is Doctor Who December continues. Uh, Seska is actually reviewing Series 11 amongst a branch of all different types of episodes. So check her out on YouTube at Seska Says. And also check us out on YouTube and make sure you subscribe at Discussing Network. So, gentlemen, do you have anything else that you'd like to mention before we get into the review? Mm, that was the big news item. All right. Clarence, what about you? Uh, nothing at all, sir. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. So, for anyone listening, you know what time it is. If you are new to the show, this is the moment where we give our spoiler warning. So, if you have not seen the series finale of Series 11 of Doctor Who, Put us on pause, because from henceforth, spoilers. 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 All right, gentlemen, the spoiler warning has gone out, so I will give just a little bit of information about the episode first. The Battle of Ransor of Kalos is the name of the episode, and it is 10 of 10 for Series 11 of Doctor Who. It aired first on the BBC One in the UK and on BBC America in the US on December the 9th, 2018. Initial overnight viewing in the UK brings the show to 5.42 million. This is up from 5.07 million for the previous episode. So, guys, initial thoughts. What did you think? Clarence, why don't you take that one first? Oh, man. Put me on the spot first. <laughs> I, I really – the aspects of the episode I really loved, uh, which the, the Ucks, if I'm saying that right, I really loved those as, uh, as characters. Um, I kind of love how it tied into the first episode. I thought that was pretty cool. But – I don't know. I enjoyed it, but I have to say it did not seem like a series uh, finale episode, but I did enjoy it. Okay. What about you guys? 
Lee, what do you think? I've only seen it once, and I think I'm still trying to sort out how I feel about it. I I found it a very um, I found the story very exciting, and I was very engaged with all the characters. I wanted um, I wanted to follow the the mysteries and the uh, the tension. You know, uh, there's a number of ticking bombs and a can we do this in time kind of kind of situations, and uh, and I, I thought those were well played, and I really loved them. Um, I I. I may have messed myself up by reading comments online before seeing it where people were saying, what a disappointing ending to the season. And so I, I felt I was waiting for the letdown and I didn't really get it. I felt like um, we tied up the Tim Shaw storyline. We got that fist bump, which astonished me. Um, and, you know, and, and the, and, and a lovely speech from the doctor there uh, that ties up the episode. It really, so it felt more to me like an exclamation point on the season than I was expecting it to. Uh, so I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm eager to see it again. I'll say that. What, what about you? Okay. So I'm perplexed. I don't want to say I didn't like it because I did. I enjoyed the episode and I, I have no complaints about the episode. But I wanted to echo what Clarence said in the sense of I did not feel like I watched a season finale. I didn't feel like this was Doctor Who as I've come to know it. And I don't necessarily say that's a good thing and I don't necessarily say that's a bad thing. But I wasn't excited about this being the series finale or thinking, oh, wow, what's going to happen? This is going to be great. Can't wait, you know, to see it. Can't wait to see what's going to happen. I just sat down and watched it and enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm used to having more from that for my Doctor Who, not just a, hmm, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and it's funny because what I loved about the episode is kind of the things it set up for the future, because to me, it seems like uh, Tim Shaw could be something we see reoccurring during uh, the, the Jody Wicker era. Somebody keeps coming back, which I find that semi-exciting to set up a new villain that could keep, you know, follow her throughout her journey. I find that pretty cool. I like, again, the Ux as a race of beings. Um, I found them really fascinating and to see them possibly again in the future. But for the episode itself, uh, there's a lot of things in my opinion, it kind of felt weird and out of place. Uh, I guess, first of all, like uh, Graham, he just felt weird in this episode. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but he just felt weird. And I wonder, was that the effects? And we're going to get into it, I guess. So the, the psychic effects of the planet uh, maybe was leading to him acting a little differently. I don't know. It just felt weird to me. Mm. So th- let me mention this. Y- y- the psychic effects of the planet, I think, didn't serve much of a plot point. And I'm curious to see what Lee thinks about that from a writing perspective, other than showing off some gadgetry for the doctor to say, we've got to wear these and uh, an excuse for the guy not to, you know, I mean, I know it tied into the to the guy not having his memories, pal, uh, tracky, not knowing who he was. I get all of that. But as other than that simple plot device, I just felt like that was like not necessarily needed. They could have made some other reason, you know, he, 
he could have, he could have known who he was and just have been knocked out or something and they found him. That would have been fine. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? I had the same feeling and I, I think what would have made it work for me anyway is if we had seen somebody suffering the effects that the doctor told us would happen from the planet, but we didn't. We, we took her word for it. And then all of our central characters had the, uh, the device that prevented that thing from happening. So if you hadn't heard that line of dialogue saying that this was going to be a problem, you wouldn't have any idea what was going on about it. It, it didn't have a story purpose until the moment came when the doctor and Yaz had to give theirs to the, the their devices to the Ux. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can think of a number of ways of getting around that too. So yeah, it's, it, 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 that, that didn't quite work, did it? It doesn't, it doesn't hang together or, or it wasn't sufficiently interesting for us to spend time in the episode with it. Correct. And, you know, another thing that, you know, right there in that same line of thinking there that just didn't quite fit if the Ux were as powerful as they made them out to be, I mean, when we see them at the very beginning, they're creating some kind of stone formation over the water. I would think that they would, that they wouldn't need some type of wave intervention or, you know, to free their brains at the end mm-hmm. of it. I just, I just again felt like that was a plot device that just kind of fell flat for me. Yeah. Yeah, got to agree. So what did you think? You know, I know we've mentioned them. The the idea of this new species, the Ux, what do we think of them and their abilities? What do we think of them? Curious. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Adidio, I think. Delph, Delph, I think his name. Uh, We found out that the Ux are these faith-driven engineers. Um, So I, I really love the concept of them. Uh, they're almost, like you mentioned, Kyle, almost godlike uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, I love the idea of them. I love how I think the doctor said or someone said it's only ever two, if I if I remember correctly. I could mm-hmm. be wrong on that. Yeah. Uh, which I, I love that sort of uh, sort of uh, <laughs> a little sithy there, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, true. Instead of apprentice. I, I thought of the Horta, but yeah, there's only yeah. two of them, and they have fantastically long lifespans. So that's how that species continues. Yeah, it it, it makes me wonder where they going for the Star Wars duality thing a little uh, bit further when we get to Tim Shaw and how he looked in that room, oh, uh, very yeah. reminiscent of Vader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, and certainly whenever you see people lifting rocks with their mind, you know, now that we think of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so again, like all that to say, I find it a bit hard to, for, for these all powerful, uh, mentally, uh, advanced species to be fooled by Tim Shaw just landing on their planet, uh, however crazy, you know, that he would make it there seems. Usually when you see this idea in science fiction of uh, a, 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 a race or a group of people being duped or fooled by a, it's usually a technic- technologically superior uh, group or person that comes in and fools the more primitive species. So the fact that the orcs are uh, superior to me in my, in my, my mind, uh, for them to get duped by Tim Shaw, uh, really felt kind of weird to me, uh, really out of place. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and you know, the thing, and you know, kind of tying into that, talking about 
Tim Shaw appearing to them or, or meeting them, didn't they make a reference that the reason he wound up there was because the doctor had damaged his recall device and, and that's why he teleported there? Yeah. See, I went back and I watched that episode this afternoon and that exchange with him and the doctor. And at no point did they mention that that device had been damaged. She did initiate or when he, well, not he, she didn't. She, when he um, set off the bombs and she had put them in that other creature and he got the psychic feedback. Yes, there was some damage you could see to him, but there was no damage whatsoever to the recall device. And even when the other dude pushed him off the ledge, he disappeared before, the, you know, there was no hit in the device or anything like that. So no damage to the device. So plot hole right there. Mm. And if anyone listening has a better interpretation than that, we would love to know about it. So contact us on social media and you can find us at Discussing Who and that can be found on Facebook or on Twitter. So let us know if you disagree with that thought right there. But what yeah, do you I guys sure think? Do you see I, I need to see the woman who fell to earth again because uh, – uh, that didn't bother me. It, it seemed to me like that fit in with um, what happened to the woman who fell to earth uh, just fine. So that didn't trouble me at all. Um, I, I also wasn't troubled by the Ooks uh, falling uh, prey to uh, uh, Simchok claiming to be a god. Because when we first saw them, for all of their power, what we learned about them as characters was uh, doubt and conflict and this uh, this story that they've been searching and looking and there's a desperation to it and then someone comes along uh, magically you know (laughs) appearing out of nowhere and takes advantage of that and says oh uh, i'm the one you're looking for and that is something that has happened through our history world history again and again and again and i so i thought once again this is the show being some very deft social satire is uh saying, and they formed a religion around this clown. Well, it won't be the first time. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's how I read it. And, and it's actually one of the things I like best about the episode. You know, um, coming and, and maybe one of the reasons that I'm having a little bit of trouble with it is coming from like last night on discussing uh, Trek, we reviewed one of the short treks of Dis- Discovery, and it deals with a character meeting a more advanced race. I'll, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. And the ramifications and how this character responded to that. That being said, yeah. if I look at it from that perspective and you've got a more advanced meeting a less advanced and you're reversing it on Doctor Who, but yet it's the, what I'm seeing more advanced just, but not only being subject to, but calling this being the creator. Yeah. I, I I get what you're saying, but I still can't wrap my head around it. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess when we say more advanced, um, it's not really a technological thing. It's a raw, utter power thing. So maybe that's the difference that I'm not latching on to. Maybe, maybe they are less advanced, really. It's just that uh, they don't have the technology, but they do have this raw, natural power that's within cool. them. Mm, that, good point. You know, yeah. Yeah, that, that's how I read that exactly. That 
Good point. I, I, for whatever reason, I didn't see that, but, but, but that's very, very good point of view. So good point. So what did you guys, we keep mentioning Tim Shaw and basically belly aching to some degree about Tim Shaw a little bit, but what did you think about he and the doctor's interaction, especially when they come face to face with one another? <laughs> tooth to tooth. Or tooth to tooth. Yeah. I really, I, I really like that exchange. I, I like that whole conversation. Um, and, um, it's another one of those times where I just enjoy her, her fearlessness and her, um, uh, conviction, you know, that she, she, she knows she's right. And, um, and I, yeah, I, I need to go back and see that again too. But I, I just remember that I, I really liked that. And I like, and I, I know we were talking about this in kind of in Star Wars terms, but I really like the fact that he is, um, he's been crippled by all of this. So his, his physicality is diminished and, um, he's having to, He's become Davros to an extent. He's having to come up with these extensions of himself to do yeah. his his bidding. Now he can't he can't do it himself, and uh, and you can tell that that's that's eating him alive. And um, she knows it too. And uh, okay, so get I ready. Really like that. Here comes yeah. a Kyle joke. So okay. just 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 warning, Kyle joke coming. I guess based on what you just said and the visual that we saw, I guess he was Davros Vader. Yes, he's become a little Vader. You know, I want to go back to something Clarence said earlier, which was Graham seemed a little bit off. <laughs> yeah. What did you, I mean, so Clarence, elaborate if you don't mind. What, what, if I were to ask you, what was most off about him? What was, what, what would, what would that be? I don't know. I, I think they, they definitely established it early, even before we got on the planet, because I don't know. Was he questioning the doctor about should we even pursue this one? <laughs> you know? Yes. Should we even check this out? You know, the doctor is here to help people, but um, Graham is um, a bit, you know, trying to hold back. To say, uh, I don't, I don't know if we should even go. You know, which is really, I can see Graham saying that, but I don't think I've seen that much of him doing that type of thing up until mm. now. You know. Yep. He said, so it has to be us, does it? Answering these signals uh, from the planet. And the doctor replies, no, not at all. Everyone else has passed them by. You think we should do the same? Yeah. But she doesn't get an answer. <laughs> well, she doesn't give him time to give an answer. Well, no, that's it. So, yeah, it's a rhetorical question. Yeah. But, you know, you you can really imagine this among the the, the, the doctor's friends, companions, assistants. Uh, over time, if we're going to take them seriously, as New Who does, um, that uh, sometimes they would just get tired. Um, that they would just say, "Wow, we've we've saved three hundred people from <laughs> from their planetary doom. Do do we gotta every time? Is that how this works?" Hmm. You know? And the answer is, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here we go." <laughs> yeah. It, it but certainly, the surprise is he he encounters Semshaw again, which he had not been prepared to do. Oh man, yeah, that conversation he has with the doctor, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm going to take him out. You know, he just tells her point blank, which I thought that took a lot of balls, but wow. <laughs> yeah. You go back to the TARDIS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She sends him to his room, basically. Yeah, and you know, and, yeah. and uh, I, I, I loved all of that. Yeah, I did too. I, I loved the interaction with, with the two of them. Where she says, you know, you can be better than that. You have to be. And 
the thing that got me was she when she says, if you kill him, I can't have you traveling with me. Mm-hmm. And I go back to Adam, and I know, you know, there's no way uh, from series one saying that he's <laughs> Adam in any way. But it goes back to the doctor putting the doctor's foot down saying, these are the rules. And mm-hmm. you either follow them or you don't. <laughs> She totally negates in this episode, which we could get to. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. But that's where I'm leading to. And by the going. way, the rules keep changing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but uh, one of the creepiest things I've seen Graham do is uh, while the doctor and Graham are having this conversation, uh, the doctor tells Graham, "No, I'm serious." And she walks off, and Graham just does the, the subtle turns <laughs> and says, "So am I." I'm like, "Whoa, yeah. this has gotten serious." But of course, you know. Uh, Grace dying was a very serious thing. And, um, over these last nine episodes up to the 10th episode, we would think that, you know, it's getting better for Graham. But just from this episode, along with the last episode where, uh, he was confronted with an alternate version of Grace, uh, yeah, we can see that that is definitely, uh, still, still, uh, on his heart. See, I am so glad you brought that up because that is another reason why I do not feel like this was a true feeling finale because I feel like at some, on some level, Graham had a sense of peace after, you know, being confronted with Grace again, realizing that wasn't Grace and having that moment with Ryan. And I know he had another moment with Ryan to, you know, on this episode. But still, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I I'm kind of like you, Clarence. I, I can't put my finger on it, but something was just off. He had an interesting affect, and I, I wondered if this wasn't what you were talking about in the first place, Clarence. That he, his face became a mask, and that can read as the performer just not acting. You know, they're like they're just not engaged in the scene. And I noticed that early on, and I thought that's funny. But in that scene with the doctor, he almost – there's nothing moving on his face but his mouth. Yeah. It, it's a very rigid, set face. And that's a that's a bold choice for an actor because it it it, it, it may not look like you're doing anything. Yeah. But I thought, I thought it was the right choice because what he wanted to show her was, I'm not blinking. I'm not breaking <laughs> eye contact with you. I'm not, you know, I'm not yeah. – I'm not it, backing down. That's, that's an excellent point because – I think that may have been the biggest thing that got me because I was expecting expecting him to be angry and indignant, you know, mm-hmm. except he's calm and calculated. Yeah. You know? His mind's made up. Yeah. Very good. I, you know, that kind of puts a different light on it a little bit. So let me ask you guys this. If I were to ask you what was your favorite part of this particular episode, I'm curious. And I know we mm. hadn't covered the entire episode, but I'm just yeah. curious as I move forward. Because, because we, and specifically me, for, we've been kind of hatcheting this episode to some degree. So, you know, putting a little bit of positiveness into it. What was something that was your most liked part of this episode? I really liked the doctor's face to face with Sim Shaw. And, um, I really enjoyed that. And I really liked Graham's decision because Ryan was there to see it. And, um, mm, cool. What about and, you? and they and they ended up bringing him down together, and that's where the fist bump comes from. And that's one of the things that made it feel like a, a season finale, right? Mm-hmm. Graham Graham sees Simshaw again. He gets to he gets the opportunity to take revenge. He doesn't do it. What he gets instead is uh, 
uh, is his grandson. He's calling him grandfather and even says, I love you to him. Don't make me you say know? that again. You heard me Don't the first make, time. Yeah. You heard me. <laughs> no, you heard me the first time. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but is that not, so, now that one I did like because there isn't that so, so like however old he is. You, I, look, I said, I said it once. I'm not saying it again. You heard me. I know people four times his age who would do the same thing, but yes, still. Yes. All right. Well, Clarence, what about you? What would be one of your favorite parts of this episode? Uh, one of the parts that had me a bit, not really puzzled, but had me intrigued was when the doctor was there with, what's the lady's name? The Ux, uh, and, 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 and Danilo, I think, I, I don't know how to say it. And Dinia. And Dinia. And Dinia. And, um, the doctor clearly says she she knows Tim Shaw, uh, Zim Shaw. She she states that she will, tells her to let Zim Shaw see her. And the whole walk there, uh, she just keeps ask, asking the doctor, "How do you know? Him? How do you know?" Him? And, and, and for these faith driven engineers or whatever, <laughs> I really like that because to me that somehow had a religious of religious tone to it in a way. Cause how do you know our God? You know, that's what the feeling I kept getting with that. As she asked that question several times. And I, I really loved that. I think that was one of uh, my favorites as well as, uh, well, I don't want to give away. Are we going to talk about the end, the fight between Graham? And, and, yeah. Let's go for it. Uh, I don't know. This is my favorite. It's the most ridiculous. How does shooting him in the foot take him out? <laughs> So, so shooting him in the foot is enough to, um, subdue him where they can get him. This big Vader looking, uh, Zimshaw. Who's falling apart? Yeah, true. Right, okay. I guess that is, that's the point I missed then. Uh, yeah. That was his one good foot he had left. <laughs> that's right. That's the way I thought that was. <laughs> Graham can't have known that, but yeah, that was all that was holding him up. <laughs> you shot him in yeah. the foot. In the foot. Don't tell the doc. Yeah. She'll be livid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, and, uh, I know I've been preaching about guns this whole season, but we've went the total opposite by the, the rules change, and now I'm scra- strapping grenades to this, uh, planet cube, whatever, stasis cube. <laughs> like, we have just totally flipped that around, but. Well, she, have we? Because she, she says that she has no problem with using weapons on things. <sighs> if it can be rebuilt, then I'll do it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and see, you guys keep forgetting. Rule number one, and the and River Song will tell you that the and the doctor will tell you. Rule number one, the doctor lies. Well, and I'm not even sure that's true about this doctor, but but she does say that the rules keep changing. So I mean, it, it amounts to the same thing. She changes the rules whenever she wants to. Yeah, yeah. But she insists everybody else play by them. <laughs> With- so. Oh man, again, another point. Like, uh, when she's in the hall with Adenio and, um, she says, Oh, you're not going to threaten me with your gun. But then she turns around and threaten her, threatens her with her bomb to talk. I'm like, what? You just don't. She doesn't threaten her. She threatens the crystal. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Preach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mm, good point. I think that's a very important distinction. I didn't get that at all. No, she doesn't say I'm going to blow you up. She says I'll blow this up. But were they really that concerned about the crystal planets? Really? Well, they, they didn't know it was a planet in there yet. If she'd known that, she wouldn't have made that bluff. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm I'm saying, what were were the Ux or was Zim Shaw were were they that concerned about the planets? I don't I don't think they were. I didn't she, feel like she them. was gambling that they were. Okay, they, they seemed to be 
what they had come there. Yeah, for. see, that's another one of those kind of not really strong points that you made. Mm. And, you know, here's my hope um, for this episode. I'm hoping that there is a larger tapestry. And, and this just came to me because one of the things that I found myself most missing from this series, and I know that I'm kind of getting ahead of ourselves to our series review, not the finale review, mm. but, 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 but I will say this real quick. The, one of the things that I'm missing most about Chibnall's writing after really enjoying Broad Church was his ability to weave these other stories, but still have an arc. And this, I'm hoping that my arc if he's there for 10 years, five years, two years, or two series, 10 series, five series, that maybe what we're seeing instead of a series arc is a run arc, meaning for his run of however many series, there is an overreaching arc. We just Mm -hmm. are so new to it that we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, an arc for that whole doctor. Maybe so, perhaps. But uh to say my favorite point or favorite part of the story would actually have to be, and Clarence, you're going to be surprised at this, inside the TARDIS, in the scene inside the TARDIS, because he, or, or the doctor, excuse me, makes reference to dragging the uh, planet Earth back home, which was cool as well as reducing a Slidane to an egg, which was also cool. Mm-hmm. And then I guess those references. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because uh, I could, whenever, uh, whenever the doctor said that, I'm picturing, and we'll get to that probably uh, next year now that we do not have a Series uh, 12 coming, we'll get through Series 4 next year. So you, you will understand what I mean in Series 4. So um, any other thoughts or things that happened in this episode that I have not covered or that we have not covered yet that you want to mention? It's brought me to a lot of new thoughts about the whole season. And uh, if we're going to commit to doing an episode of this show, that's just about season 11, then I'll save it. Mm. Well, how about this? I know that we cannot all three of us get together and not have plenty to talk about. So if you right. want to go ahead and mention some of that while it's fresh on your mind, by all means, do so. But it's, it's only half-baked, and I, may, I think maybe I want to— well, so am I, so keep going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, and I, think, I think maybe I want to sit on it more until it's uh, more fully hatched. But I, I think Chibnall is—a lot of people have been complaining that he's making a lot of mistakes with this season. And I think what—I what, think they're missing it. I think he's done something brilliant— and they're just not seeing it, which is not to say that I'm seeing it because I'm some kind of genius. I think I just happen to have realized it. Okay. And I think the, I think the long view of the history of the show, people are going to look back to this year and say, Oh, mm, interesting. All right, Clarence, yeah. what about you? <laughs> uh, I'll just say it's, it's certainly as we get ready to do a review of this old series and, you know, maybe we'll take a look at other showrunners first seasons and how they may have ended. I hope we kind of dive into that a little bit. Ooh, good idea. Uh, you know, cause, cause I, you know, I really, I really enjoyed this season. Um, and I can't wait to see more of what this 
showrunner does, but it is different. It is, and it's, it should be because if we keep getting the same thing, why well, keep going? You know, <laughs> hello. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I've, I've certainly you know been on the social watch like uh, Lee has, and <laughs> 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 seen other people, uh, people you trust their views on. You know, may, may have not been as uh, hyped about this season as maybe we we think they should have been. Uh, but still, we're it, myself and you know even you guys. I guess we're still bawling over the, our feelings ourselves <laughs> to to kind of formulate how we feel about the season. So you know, uh, I think after you know a little time, you know, we we think about it a little bit more. Uh, maybe we'll be along the lines of what Lee's saying. Maybe it'll be you know even better than we think it is. Mm. You know, I, I I'm I've, I've written down what you suggested. For our next episode, because I definitely want to do that, and I'm not going to um, make comments about it because I th- I have comments and I want to hold them to our next episode. That being said, I hope this episode, this series, and this episode in general, uh, since we're talking about it, is something that grows on us with age, and and I hope we are able to appreciate it more now that after we get more series because if you look at the ratings and the ratings alone not looking at the stories they're doing something right because there's a lot more people watching for whatever reason than there was watching last year or you know with bill potts and the tw- uh, the 12th doctor and nordal of course don't yeah. damn it so something they're doing <laughs> something right so there you go Apparently so all right so I want to go ahead maybe and get into our final review. I know we've kind of done that, but for the episode itself, if you were to give it a rating at this point, what would you give it? And I will start us off because I usually will run around and get somewhere in the middle of what you two just said. But So I'll start it off this time. I'm going to give it gut reaction a 3.75. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Man. Okay. <laughs> um, why am I giving it a 3.75? I was not wowed. I was satisfied. I did not like Tim Shaw as a character. I did not like seeing Tim Shaw come back again, even though I do like the idea of creating new characters which you did and were brilliant with it pating but tim shaw i didn't like the teeth thing you know and i know there's only so much you can do and that was original but i just he just didn't gel with me so because of tim shaw alone i'm giving it 3.75 so uh lee why don't you take it this next one i had thought about going down to the threes for the first time too but like three nine but I, i'm still going to give it a solid four because the the things that i was disappointed in were not were, were thoroughly outweighed by the things that i really enjoyed and liked so you know hashtag fist bump ah. <laughs> fair enough yeah yeah I guess it's my turn, huh? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Turn. Yeah, Claire, I'm sorry. Uh, man, I feel like I'm more up on this episode than you guys. I was, yeah. I was going to go for like a 4-3. Um, yeah. I really love some of the concepts of this episode. The planets and the stasis pods, cubes, whatever you call them. I, I love that concept. I love Vader Shaw. Uh, I love Vader Shaw. I love the Ux. Maybe just how it was pushed together was just not 
as well as I would have liked it. Uh, I would have liked a little more action. I would have liked, you know, the resolution to Zimshaw to be uh, maybe a bit more flushed out, not two seconds of shooting him in the foot and he's in the stasis spot, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I think I like the episode. I, I give it a four three. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, I'm the- really looking forward to seeing it again. <laughs> <laughs> there is something, I will tell you this, and I thought for a moment that this was happening. And if it had happened, I think I would have given it a five. But it was the scene where uh, one of the Ooks was inside the TARDIS and they were, uh, you know, putting the planets back where they were supposed to. And there's all these explosions going on. And I was like, yes, yes, you're going to destroy the desktop theme. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that I thought we were fixing to get another. Uh, it was like you're getting rid of that ugly freaking TARDIS interior. But anyway, well, it, I, I have been reminded just today that since New Who began, the only TARDIS interior that I've liked was it was Peter Capaldi's. That oh. I never liked any of the others either. Wow. Um, now Matt Smith did have that briefly, just a little bit different coloration and without uh-huh. the hooks. Yeah. Yeah, and I was start. I was saying, you know, okay, that's a little more like it. I'm kind of thinking, you know, and I realize it's not for me. It's not my, it's not my home and my ship. But you know, if it was mine, and then when we saw Peter Capaldi's, I said that would be my TARDIS. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I also mentioned like a, it was a great moment when uh, the Oaks first walk into the TARDIS and they say uh, dimensionally transcendental. Yes, <laughs> I say you you wouldn't understand what's going on. Which oh, yeah. gives me back to my point. Like, how could they be fooled? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've shut up. <laughs> Maybe the grand design is the doctor needed to come there for a reason because we don't know what those planets were that were being um, hailed. We don't know which planets they were. We mm-hmm. we assume, because the doctor assumed that everyone had been killed, maybe there were still people living in suspended animation in those planets. We don't know what those planets were, and we don't know where those planets went. So maybe the Ooks allowed Tim Shaw to come there. Maybe it was a grander design than we know. Uh, play so, long game. Yes. Yeah. Cup of soup. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and fans of classic uh, who enjoyed seeing uh, miniature planets uh, stolen from their orbits because we had seen that on uh, Pirate Planet written by Douglas Adams back at the end of the fourth uh, doctor's time. So that was that was kind of a callback to a to a, to an idea we'd enjoyed before. And so. on a larger scale, uh, and we've mentioned this briefly, and using still that number four in the Tenth Doctor's fourth series, we see larger scale displaced planets. So mm-hmm. there Which you go. Which the Doctor referred to this time. So yes, he did. She, she, yes, she, he she did. acknowledged. She acknowledged that right out loud. So. Oh yes, she did. See, I, I, mm-hmm. I, um, hey, it's the Doctor. There you go. Right. Uh, yes, they did. All right, so gentlemen, if people were looking for you online, where might they find you? And Clarence, I'll let you start that. Uh, I will say just check me out on YouTube or check us out on YouTube by going to youtube.com slash discussing network where we have videos of all types of things coming related and more, uh, most notably a, a video of Miles Morales. If you're getting ready for that into the Spideyverse movie, uh, definitely check that out. We can give you all the deets. Cool beans. And Mr. Shackelford, what about you? 
I want to point people towards the website relativitypodcast.com, official home of my radio drama serial Relativity, which is about to release, I mean in a matter of hours, some uh, bonus content. Okay. Patre- my Patreon patrons already have it, but uh, it's going to be uh, sent out there to the regular the rest of the world tomorrow as we're recording this. And then after that, there's some more. And after that, I've got some more planned, too. So woo to the who. There you go. <laughs> more con- relativity. And considering the fact that I am one of your patrons and I have already listened to that. Oh, if you are listening, you need to be a patron <laughs> and you need to go to patreon.com slash relativity podcast. Bless you, sir. That's right. It features Kyle's favorite character. So yes, yeah. can't wait. Sorry, sorry, Marcus slash Clarence. Uh, <laughs> so I would also, if you are going over to check out that particular relativity podcast, I would also invite you to check out patreon.com slash discussing network and, you know, follow us on there. And if you would like chip in for a cup of coffee, we would definitely appreciate that. And as always, you can find us on everything that we're doing at discussing network.com for everyone listening. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your time. Let us know what you thought about this episode Send us some feedback. We will play it on a future episode. And with that, we will see you next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?